Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Holly Ledbetter, welcome to What's the Point? Golfer, entertainer, content creator, podcast host, model. I met her on a photo shoot <laughs> for our friend Christoph Sapien's golf brand, Jane Golf, which we actually also had him on our podcast. Fun fact, we have so much to get into. As we said, not going to dive too much in on like the career side, but just on everything. We're so, so, so happy to have you all the way from Orange County, California. Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you for making the drive. Of course. I know LA pleasure. traffic can be <laughs> annoying. Um, so how we start every podcast is mm. what is your definition of fulfillment and what is your definition of success? And are they at all intertwined? Ooh, well, they're definitely intertwined for me. It's funny. I actually had a therapy appointment yesterday and something that we've been talking a lot about recently. I'm glad I listened to a couple of your episodes over the last couple of weeks. And so I knew this question was coming. <laughs> so I was thinking a little bit about what my answer would be. And this concept that I've been thinking a lot about recently is this concept of like fuels and drains. And so for me, I think fulfillment has a lot to do with being fueled, feeling filled up by something. So for me, it's, you know, picking projects that but give me energy and being around people that give me energy. And so I think fulfillment for me is just doing more of those things and being around more of those people and less of the, less of the things that are like kind of a drag and, you know, bring me down and, and that sort of thing. So, and then success for me, you know, I'm a year and a half into as a freelancer, as a, as an entrepreneur, if you will. And so I've had to, I had to think a lot about what does success look like for me in in my career? And I think coming from a sports background, it's so clear what success is in sports, right? Like it's very linear. We're all, especially like when I was playing like college golf, it's like, okay, you obviously want to win the golf tournament. You want to get to the national championship. You want to win the national championship. Whereas now there is no like black and white you know, it's this and then it's this and then it's this. It's very much up to me to define like what, success is. And that might not necessarily be what the people around me think success is for me either. So I think, and what I've kind of defined it as is 
building a career on those things that I said fuel me and working with the people that fuel me as opposed to just like picking the things because that's what, you know, people in my industry think that's what like the natural next step should be, or you should go into like traditional golf broadcasting because that's where, you know, you'll get kind of like the most like pats on the back and people telling you you're doing a good job where it's like, that just might, might not feel right for me or, or fuel me in the right way. So I think it's very, very, very intertwined. And I'm still kind of refining what that list of things are and who those people are and projects that do fuel me. And then kind of just trying to be as disciplined as possible on sticking to those things and sort of my definition of success, as opposed to getting like pulled into like, oh, but... I know people will think this is really cool if I do this, right. so I should do this. But it's like, okay, but do you think that's cool? Like, right. does that actually make you feel good? And it's really easy 100%. to just go that route because you think that that's what everybody thinks is cool and thinks is awesome, so yeah. you should do it. I think, like, it's a, such a natural inclination. I remember getting a job at Beats by Dre and being like, wow, this looks so cool. Mm -hmm. And it was cool. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that was the reality. But, yeah. you know, like you've had other situations like that where I've been like, it's so subconscious, but you're like, you're playing off of your, it's like so intrinsic to, I think, as humans to just play off of what you might think the world will think of what you're doing next or what does this seem like? And right. it can almost be so like subconscious that you don't even, it's like not as, obvious as you think. And then like one day you wake up and you're like, what do am I even do? like this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. So has that happened to you where you've been like, what am I doing? Yeah, for sure. I think for me, I'll give the example of like traditional golf broadcasting. Like I think I'm like good at it and I enjoy it sometimes, but that's not by any means like what I want to do day in and day out. And there's a guy by the name of Reed Dickens, who's the CEO of this golf company called LA Golf. And he started like Marucci Baseball and just like a really interesting, successful guy. And he gave me a great piece of advice. And he was like, don't let the things that you can do distract you from like what you want to do. And I always thought that was really interesting because there's a lot of things that you, that. that you could do, right? Like, especially as a freelancer and you're starting your company, like it's very easy just to say yes to everything. And I do think you might have, you might be in a position where you have to say yes to everything because you know, from a financial standpoint, like you need to make ends meet, you need to pay rent, you right. need to do these things. But at what point, like, are you just doing things to like make as much money as possible and not being like, all right, let me actually, because if you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to other things, right? Even if you don't exactly know what that, what that thing other is thing just is, yet, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, I have the time and I can squeeze this in, but you don't know if you would say no to that opportunity that doesn't feel right, like what that could potentially leave room for, you right. know? So that it's definitely, I'm definitely like, I guess I'm a ye almost year and a half, almost two years into being like a freelancer and having my own business, which has been been amazing, but mm -hmm. also very scary because yeah. you're kind of just like, you know, in the wild west in terms of like, what is success? What should I be doing every day? I have to, you know, structure my own schedule. And which is really hard. Yeah, for sure. Very hard. I feel sure. like it's very good at that. I, yeah, it's no, it's really hard. It takes a lot of discipline. But you know, what's really interesting is that golf to me seems like a very male dominated sport. Mm -hmm. um, it also seems like I remember when I was working in finance and like 
everyone was like going to play golf and it was like a very corporate businessy thing. So I was like, I need to learn how to play golf because like <laughs> I want to have Fridays off and play golf. Like it's, it's very like business, corporate, male, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of questions around that is like, mm-hmm. how do you come in and like be your full authentic present self in an industry that maybe wants you to be in a box and a certain yeah. version of you, but that's not your authentic self. And you want to come in with humor and wit and your outgoingness, which I love in a kind of quote unquote, more boring sport. Right. Um, but how do you like find the balance? Yeah. Well, I think you have to be like what you want to be respectful of the game. Right. And I think that I, you know, it's funny. So people say like, if, if they don't know like where, like my background and they don't know like my family or my last name, they might, they'll be like, oh, how long have you worked in the golf industry? And I'm like, well, I'm 30 years old. So 30 years, <laughs> like right. I've literally been, was like conceived into this industry. So I have like a very good understanding of it. Right. And I think that for me, I think I'm in like a very special spot because I can kind of afford to be a little goofy and a little witty because no one is going to point a finger at me and be like, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about because like, I kind of know, I know, like I've literally been around this game for like more than most adults have. Right. So I think that because I know it so well and because I've been like very entrenched in the game, it kind of like affords me the leeway to like be a little silly, which is great because I mean, I'm always so excited to like meet people, like you said, Chris Hofsepian, who is new to the game. And it's really cool because I feel like I can work from, you know, this like deep seated in, you know, internal from the game and he can work outside the game and we can work together and I can like explain things to him and like, this is why like things are the way that they are. And he can look internally and be like, that's weird or that's weird. And I can be like, oh yeah, I never saw that from my point of view. So I right. think like in terms of it being kind of like a, a, a stuffy game, I think for a long time, just going back to like, you know, being authentic, there, there has been times where I'm like, just had to trust that you know, if I act a certain way, there might not be certain opportunities that I get. Right. But that's probably one of the opportunities that maybe I didn't really want anyways, <laughs> that wouldn't have been like a great fit for me, you know? And that's definitely taken time. And I've had to kind of like trust that. And it's only through seeing that like, okay, if I am my authentic self, like there has been certain opportunities that have come because, you know, people follow me on social media and they're like, Hey, we really liked what you said about whatever. Like we thought you'd be cool to work with you with our brand or et cetera. So I think that even like, like keeping like a list of like times, like when I am doubting myself, like, okay, remember that time that you, you know, were authentic in this capacity and then so-and-so reached out because they liked what you said about whatever. And it's like, it is worth it to stay authentic because ultimately, like, I'm not a big, like everything happens for a reason type of person, but I remember, have you guys heard of Gabby Bernstein? Yeah, I love okay. her. Yeah. And she's like a little woo-woo for me, but I do like a lot what she says. She said one thing, I think it was like, rejection is protection or something, you know, or like redirection or something like that. I thought that was so interesting because I was like, if something's not meant for you, like you just have to trust. It's kind of like (laughs) dating, right? Like you can't force it with somebody. And so I kind of just got to the point in golf where it was like, I know this game better than everybody. I know the (laughs) things that I started really paying attention to. Like we talked about like fuels and drains, the things that really made me excited. And 
just sort of followed that. And I think, you know, I'm such a planner and going back to like sports and how it's like linear and it's very clear what the path is forward. And I'm like, I'm completely honest. I'm not a hundred percent sure what the clear path of success is anymore. I know what it feels like. Right. I know what like the, the feeling is that I'm trying to chase like that of fulfillment, yeah. but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like what my life is going to look like in five to 10 years. I've got like some really great projects on the horizon that align with how I want to feel. But now I'm just trying to like trust that like I've gotten myself this far. Let me just keep following this feeling. And, you know, and and then I think that I think things are going to continue to line up, but that's something you just have to like kind of trust. So when you say you're so you're very type A personality, right? Mm -hmm. Like a planner, you're always like things are very linear to you. When things aren't linear and like when shit happens, happens mm-hmm. or whatnot. Like, how do you deal with that as someone who's like always like, yeah, well, I target. definitely, I mean, I think we talked about like a little bit we before we started recording, but like I have pretty severe OCD and from that, like pretty severe anxiety. So I'm on medication, which has helped a ton just in terms of like dealing with like the physical symptoms. And that has helped me a lot because it has lessened the physical symptoms, right. which for me was like the really scary part of anxiety, like this burning in my chest. Do you feel feel like you're more of yourself now that you're on it. For sure. Like for you're sure. freer. Yes. Like I don't, I'm not so afraid. It wasn't so much the, like the anxiety. It was like the, the fear of the anxiety that right. was like, so I'd get anxiety about having anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it can um, be such a trap. Yeah, for sure. So I think for me, when I do get in those modes and that's something that I have to like work on in therapy all the time is like, I just trying to do like a lot of grounding. I even now, like I try not to like interact with people. If I, if I'm in like a frenzied state, I like, you know, I'll, if I need to have like a serious conversation, I'll try to like skip by myself and like sit alone and make sure I'm acting from like a very calm state. Because Mm -hmm. I think especially, you know, now as a, a freelancer where things aren't so linear and the idea of success isn't so linear, like you really, really, really need to be in tune with like those fuels and drains. Like what's the direction that I'm going? It's kind of like you're a sh- uh, like a captain of a ship and it's kind of like foggy and you've got a direction that you want to go, but you need to be like pretty sharp in tune of like, okay, how am I feeling? And you want to make sure that you're acting from a place where you're really calm right. and you're, you know, acting on those things that really matter to you, not so much like what the people around you say you should be doing. And- right. Especially because you have this public persona. Yeah. I'm sure like there's like, I would, I guess I'm asking, mm-hmm. is there like a little more pressure with that? Cause you're like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think because, you know, again, it just goes back to like <laughs> what other people think is right for you, right. you know, like I, you know, whether it's in college, whether it was my parents or whether now it's like, even it could be people that you really respect, you know, I, I have like some wonderful mentors that I'll reach out to. And I think, as you're sort of building confidence to yourself, it can be really easy to go to someone for an opinion, but like put even their opinion over your own opinion. So you kind of have to be like, uh, you know, you have to take everything with a bit of a grain of salt, but it can be really hard when you're just starting out and you know these people are successful and you know these people have your best interest at heart, but you still have to sit there and be like, does that actually feel right for me? A hundred percent. It's already hard enough to draw out noise, but especially mm-hmm. when it's someone whose opinion you really respect. Oh, yeah. So a family sure. member or someone who you're like used to just deferring to. Yeah. And if they give you an opinion that's different to your gut, you're like, 
but they know better and they have more experience yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like very difficult to navigate self-trust. For sure. For sure. And I think that something just comes with, with time and also just making those scary decisions and like seeing how it plays out yeah, and just owning whatever happens. A hundred percent. You <laughs> yeah. actually, I actually was just speaking about this with my trainer and my friend who we all worked out this morning mm-hmm. together. And it was the same thing. He was like, I think we're really in an era, which I think is so true. We had a podcast about this last week as well where everyone's trying to control the outcome and get somewhere really quickly. Mm -hmm. So we'll ask other people's opinions. We're like reading a ton of books, trying to get ourselves like the playbook. But as Annabelle says, like there is no such thing as failure and you can't be afraid of it. Like you're actually better off learning and doing by just doing and seeing what happens than like following, like I can follow Annabelle's rules, but it doesn't mean I'll get to the same outcome. Totally. And I think too, it's like the speed at which we want things, you know, like one thing that I'm really trying to work on that I used to have, like my college golf coach used to say this to me all the time, but it really has only started really resonating. Is like, you can do it all. You just can't do it all right now, you know? And I think as, as again, someone that, you know, as you become a freelancer or an entrepreneur, like the world is really your oyster in terms of like what direction you want to go in and how much content you want to create on social and projects that you want to do and people you want to collaborate with. But it's like, okay, but like, you know, that might be over the span of like five years or 10 years. It doesn't all have to happen like right, like the second today. And so I think that's something also that I've been trying to work on and like keeping in mind. It's like, okay, let's focus on these couple of things. Let's do these really, really well. And let's move on as opposed to like half-assing. We we put the most pressure on our own selves. And, but it's, I think it's a quality of someone who is like very type A. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the pressure can sometimes like be really hard on you. And it's, it's not anyone else that's putting it on you. It's it's coming from you. Um, How do you find ways like other than, you know, managing your anxiety, Mm -hmm. but how do you find ways to like ground yourself in an environment that's constantly moving. And as you said, like steering the ship in a foggy environment. Yeah. I think a lot of deep breathing. I like meditating. I hate sitting still. Like I absolutely hate it. So I know that means that I have to do it. Right. (laughs) It's funny how like the things that you hate to do are generally the things that you should do. You know, I think working out has been really big for me. I think that you know, as someone like I had a really bad eating disorder when I was younger and then playing, you know, sports at a high level, working out always had like a purpose, whether it was to like lose weight or look a certain way, or then it was like for my sport, right. To like gain power, stability, et cetera. And now it's just like a pure stress reliever, you know, just to like feel good because it really is amazing in the mornings. Like if I'm, you know, feel super anxious and I don't want to get out of bed and just want to crawl in a ball, like, you know, and and hide. If I force myself to get out of bed and just start moving in some capacity, like I've never done a workout and then afterwards been like, man, I wish I didn't do that. (laughs) You know? Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. How do you like change your relationship? Let's say taking the working out example Mm -hmm. from like working out for a purpose like to get better at your sport mm-hmm. or to lose weight to now like working out, you know, for endorphins just, and just for fun and yeah, because yeah, your yeah. body feels like doing it. Like I think the journey to get to that place, it's hard, it's challenging and it does definitely not happen overnight. But I think it's also very relatable for a lot of people, whether it's their relationship to uh, working out or to food or mm-hmm. to whatever it is. Yeah. I think, so I was reading this book, I'm blanking the name of it, but I'll 
it was called the the high five rule or something like that. It's um, what is her name? I'll I'll find her name. But Mel anyways, Robbins. Yes, Mel Robbins. You got it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, she I, was yeah. talking about something that I thought was was really interesting because you know we all like at least I like you know struggle with like loving myself and and so I tried to as we all do. Yeah, as we all do. And she was talking about how you know the idea of just going through the motions almost of like acting like you love yourself. So I think for me, sometimes when I'm, you know, hating on myself or, or talking badly to myself, I'm like, okay, what would a person that loved themselves do? <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I no, think for me, when it comes great. to working out, I'm like, hey, a person that really like loves their body, like they would work out, they would move it, they would eat healthy. Right. I think that's too, like for someone that had knee disorder, like, okay, how would I eat if I love myself? How would I talk to myself if I love myself? So a lot of times it just comes down to like, it's kind of like what comes first, the chicken or the egg. Yeah. And people are like, how do I love myself? Sometimes I'm just like, I just have to act like I love myself. Yeah. And then it's like, but then the actions start like sort of, you know, communicating to your brain like, oh, maybe I do love myself. This is the kind of thing that I need to be doing, you know, if, if I really do want to take care of myself. So yeah. I think for me, it's just like being very conscious of like the way that I'm talking to myself and the way that I am framing what I'm about to do, you know, whether it's like I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, oh, gross, like I need to lose weight. I'm getting married next year. Yeah. And it's like, you just have to be like, and this is another Mel Robbins thing. Like she's like, stop. Like just being very, very conscious of the way that you're talking to yourself and the way that you're you're framing things. So I think that's like a daily. It's like it's no, really it's hard. like it's literally hour you don't to realize hour. That you're doing it. You know, that you're talking but you have so to be programmed. very self aware to even like get that book or to like actively like I have this trigger and I'm very aware of it and I want to fix it. Mm -hmm. Were you always aware? <gasps> no, I'd say I probably got like very self-aware in like the last probably year and a half, probably with this whole freelance journey, because I was kind of spiraling out of control a little bit. And I was just like, I don't feel good. But yet on the surface, you know, going back to social media, everyone's like, oh my God, you're crushing it. Like you're right. killing it. And I'm like, I want to die, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And so I think that it honestly just got, I just sort of like hit a rock bottom and was like, I really need to figure some stuff out because it all like looks really great on the surface, but it is not good. When was <laughs> this? This was probably like a year and a half ago, a year, year and a half ago when I was like, and still am like, I'm still traveling a ton, but I'm a lot more like aware of how I feel. And like, you know, just like two days ago, I was just like, I, I need to take a break. Like I just let myself rest for yeah. like two days because I really, really needed it. But I only think it was about like a year and a half ago where I was like, I'm like thinking these things and I might look like I'm happy, but I'm not really happy. Yeah. And so I just kind of was like, I need to, I need to make some changes here because, you know, this is not, this is not sustainable. Yeah. The way, the way that I'm I think living. that's also the biggest, and like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think like we talk about this a lot on our podcast. It's like, because we have a window into everyone's lives, we think we know it's like so easy for me, even for me to look like we met, we had a great time. Mm -hmm. Okay. She's crushing it. She's like, you know, she's so bubbly. She's so happy. I love being around. It's like, it's so easy to make assumptions. Mm -hmm. And what I find though is like the more I make assumptions about others, the more people make assumptions about me, I actually feel much more alone because I'm mm -hmm. like, you think that this is like all so great, but like, 
I wasn't doing well on that trip or I wasn't bubble, you know, and I mm-hmm. think it's like, it does ultimately come back to yourself and like right. taking care of yourself in that mm-hmm. way. But it is such a trap because it's so, it's so easy to make your life look fabulous it's online. So easy. <laughs> and it's, yeah. And it doesn't even mean that like, it's yeah. not sometimes fabulous or that you yeah. aren't sometimes having fun, but like, right. It's really helped us exercise the habit of assumption, which is like one of the worst habits. For sure. It's also created a lot of disconnect between people because if, let's say, I think, Jasmine, you are a certain way from social media and you think I'm a social way, we don't actually know each other. Yeah. Like we're not creating a human connection. And I think today's day, like everyone has a view of someone else and we miss this like human connection. Like fundamentally, like we are all much more similar than we are different. And people kind of really forget about that and think all of these things, which are not true. Yeah, I know social media is, I mean, I remember during COVID, there was a time where like, I I was living with my family and I was putting out like a lot of social content, like everybody, but I was so focused on that. Like I wasn't really like paying attention to my family at all. And then I realized, and I felt like really alone, but I was just, excited because I was putting out social content, people were responding to it, but it was like strangers or like people I didn't really know that well. And I was completely like disregarding the health of like the people that were like in my very close vicinity that making them happy and making them laugh and making them smile. Like that's where I really should have been putting like the majority of my energy. Right. But your energy was going elsewhere. It was just so focused on like yeah. Did they say something to you? I, yeah. I mean, yeah, my parents and I, we've talked about it a lot. And, yeah. you know, they're super, super supportive. But I think that time during COVID is when I realized I was like, what is the point like of this? Like, am I like, sure, I still in, enjoy putting out social content. That, but if your relationships like in your immediate circle, the people that you really care about are, you know, if you're just stuck staring at your phone all day Ugh, and not, yeah. you know, cultivating the relationships, like the people that really matter and are going to be there for you through thick and thin, then like, what is the point? I think it just goes back to that. It's like about being present no matter what else you're doing. So you could be creating content. You could be, you know, in your mind somewhere else. It's like the biggest thing in life, it all comes back to is like having meaningful connection with people you love and like being present. But how do you catch yourself when you're not present now that you've had that experience in COVID. Like, I'm sure it happens a lot. I mean, it happens to me all the time. I'll be on my phone and with my daughter and I'm like, no, why are you on your phone? Like this is present time with her. Yeah. But today's society is so rapid and fast paced that you always like need to feel like you're multitasking or being productive or whatever. Yeah. And I'm sure like as an entrepreneur now, like you have many things and juggling many balls at the same time. Mm-hmm. So how do you like come back to present? Yeah. Well, my fiance is very good at that. Like he, we kind of like try to check each other, you know, like, Hey, let's put our phones away. Let's go to dinner without our phones. And, and that kind of thing, which is, which is super helpful. But I think it also, you know, the idea of like setting a daily intention, like yeah. I think sometimes like there's so much stuff you want to, you, you want to do, like whether it's, okay, I want to be positive today. I want to be present today or whatever. But, but honestly, sometimes like I'll just make that my like goal for the day. And then at the end of the day, I'll be like, okay, well, how did I do today? Like, were there times where I could have been present? I just think it comes back to like. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Just being aware and making that a priority. You know, you just have to, and you can't pick like five things that day, but it has to be yeah. like, okay, today I'm really going to focus on like cultivating this habit of of being present and trying to like, I think too, like, you know, whether it's at a stoplight and like, I have a habit of like picking up my phone yeah, at a stoplight. So. And it's like, I think too, it's, there's another book called, um, willpower doesn't work. And he talks about if you're trying to, you know, build habits, basically make it like really difficult to, to do the thing that, you know, you're very tempted to do. So like, whether it's like throwing the phone in the back of the car, so you like literally can't reach it or like, you know, going to dinner and leaving your phone at home or, you know, doing those things that sort of make it a little bit harder not to be present, yeah. you know, like leaving your phone in the other room. Like I try to not go on my phone before I go to sleep at night. So I like put my phone in my office. So, right. you know, so I got like a real alarm clock, which is like so right. weird, you know? So I think it's like doing those things, like putting like fail safes in place to help you like at least like catch your and be like, are you sure you want to yeah. be doing what you're doing right now? Yeah, <laughs> you know? 100%. I think those, it's actually, it ties back to like what you were saying earlier about like with Mel Robbins, it's like mm -hmm. faking your way into something. Yeah. They say like, there's a book, Atomic Habits. Yeah, that I love I Atomic it's Habits. so good. So good. And he love says James like, Blair. if you want to start working out, it's all about what you identify mm -hmm. with. So it's like, if you want to identify as a healthy person who works out, go to the gym two minutes a day. Yeah. And you'll start to be like, I go to the gym every day. Right. And then even that makes you mm -hmm. someone who does that. Well, yeah. And so the idea of like, okay, what would a person that loves themselves do? Well, they'd 100%. probably go to the gym. They'd probably eat healthy. They'd totally. probably like, you know, journal in the mornings totally. or something. You know, I so, had, <laughs> this yeah. is like very vulnerable, but I've had a habit of like really running myself into credit card debt and then like coming back and then really running. Like it like would be this cycle. Mm -hmm. And it was wild. Like I read this Louise Hay book when I was reading over the summer and I'd read it a while ago, but like she talks about how that's actually a part of like not feeling worthy. Like it's like, and it was so interesting when I started to really practice what she was preaching, which is basically the same thing. I was like, why would I ever make myself uncomfortable now and go into debt again? Like, why would I ever, it's, it was such a different approach where yeah. I was like, why would I spend more money than I have? Like that makes me feel very uncomfortable and have a lot of shame. Like, right. why would I do that again? Right, right. And it was like such a shift of how to do it versus just like punishing myself or being, you know, it's like right. just a totally different approach. Right. And I think like, I mean, you're just totally right. Like it's like there is a level of just kind of having to like act your way into something. Right. But sure. I will say like loving yourself doesn't always have to mean like I'm going to choose a healthy meal. I'm going to go to the gym because I think sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the extremes of those things. Totally. Whereas totally. like actually sometimes for me, I need to remind myself that loving myself equals going to have like the ice cream sundae or Absolutely. not working out and, and taking rest because I, in society also like really puts us into these extremes. You have to work out, you have to wake up early, like morning people are better, like all, all of those things. Yeah. But sometimes loving yourself is actually just being more in tune with your body yes. and saying like, wait, that Listening doesn't feel to good to me. Right. Yeah. For sure. And so I think that's what it comes, comes down to, right? Yeah. Like 
Okay. So comes listing yourself. Like I think about like over the weekend when I took two days and literally just like went into hibernation and yes, I probably had workouts I needed to do and like that I wanted to, but ultimately like I sat with it. And I think it just goes back to like really sitting with yourself and be like, what do I need right now? And acting from like a loving place. And also, can I give that to myself without being like, I don't know if you do this, but assuming you have OCD, you probably do. I definitely do. It's like, I'll be like, are you going to let yourself have those two days and not think about the workouts? Yes. Yes. That's really tough. That's Versus really tough. Versus sitting there and being like, well, I should be at a workout right now because that's yeah, also yeah. not relaxing. Yeah. No, or that's like horrible. eating the ice cream sundae and then coming and back and like yourself berating about yourself it. for eating it. Exactly. Exactly. No, I think it all comes back to like, because I think that for me, I have not the best relationship with food. So I have to think like, okay, how would a person that like loves themselves, how would they eat? Like, yeah. okay, it's like, it's my birthday this weekend. So like I should, you know, I'm definitely- This upcoming weekend? Yeah. Happy yeah. Early Thank you. Like I need to, so I'm probably going to celebrate and like let loose and have a couple drinks and do whatever. And like that, I think it's just acting from a place to your point. Like you have to be like, okay, what feels good? Like what am, what is acting from a yeah. place of self-love? Because for me, like sometimes if I'm super stressed, like I will binge eat. And at that point, like, I'm like, this is what I feel like I need to like quell my anxiety. Right. But I know deep down that ultimately like that is not coming from a place like that's just because you are stressed and you're trying yeah, to cover I actually up the feel way guilty. that you feel. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So how do you stop yourself in that moment when you want to binge eat? So I usually like will try to like go on a walk or do deep breathing or do like anything else that I can like distract myself from like any kind of grounding. Cause ultimately whether you're drinking or overeating or scrolling social media, or for me, like I'm a big online shopper when I get stressed, Ugh. like all, those things you're, you're all, you're just trying to find a way to shift your state. Cause you're, you're, you're un- filling a void. You're yeah. Yeah. yeah they're un- all addictions so in their own way. We talk about alcohol and drug addictions, but it's all obsessiveness. Yeah. You're just, you're, there's an uncomfy feeling and you're trying to get rid of it. Well, somehow. And truly, yeah. They say the only reason, the only, I like, okay. I don't know if you guys, I actually am curious what I learned that you have to feel a feeling in order for it to pass when I was like 29. Okay. Like I did not know that. So mm-hmm. in my mind, I was like spinning in circles. I also had struggled with really bad OCD. So I'd be like intellectualizing everything. Mm-hmm. And that's almost what it is. It's like an act. So when you have like an obsessive, when you're OCD, you like bingey or whatever, you're trying to quell the obsession. Yeah. You're trying to like satisfy yeah. it. But it's yeah. really like, as per your point, it's like what they say to do is actually just Feel, feel the it. feeling. Feel, feel the feeling. The and it's so uncomfy. Yeah. It's, and I think that's another thing. Like I had a, an old therapist say that like, be careful of the way that you talk about your feelings. Because if you're like, this is unbearable, like I can't yeah. handle it, whatever. And she's like, no, a feeling is a feeling and it's going to pass. Like no matter how uncomfortable and how yucky and anxious and gross that you feel, like it's just a feeling and you're not going to die. And yeah. like you can sit with it. And whether it's like you go on a walk or you do whatever, you know, you you, know, you need to do something to like stress re- relieve, but it's like, it's going to go away. You're like gonna, you can handle yeah, it you also. Handle it's encouraging yourself to be yeah. like, I can handle this, which For is sure. honestly you what you would also, say to your kid. Yeah. But yeah. you also have to catch it in that moment, right? Because right. it's like the the response time or the reaction time from the feeling is very quick to binge yes. eat or to, you know, berate yourself or whatever mm-hmm. it is. 
So does that voice kind of go automatically into your head when things happen or is that where you're kind It's of definitely trying? gotten better. I mean, if I'm completely honest, going back to like the Lexapro comment, that's something that has helped a lot because I feel like it's widened the window of response time that I have in terms of like of the impulse. Like it gives me a window where I can be like, is that actually what you want to do at this moment? That's nice. Are you sure that that is the solution to the problem? Because it's made those physical sensations, it's dulled them a little bit. So it takes a little bit more to get super uncomfy. So that's helped me like realize, okay, like you're feeling a certain type of way. You're wanting to binge eat, shopping's free drink, do whatever. And it's like, okay, but is that the best solution? Right. To this it issue? gives you like the moment of pause yes, to exactly. make a choice versus just being like, this is my condition. Exactly. Habit. Exactly. hundred percent. Exactly. I had the same experience. I micros mushrooms for my OCD mm-hmm. and I felt the same way. Like, I think it gave me, that's like what it gave me a, a, a chance to yeah. make a different choice. Yeah. It's, uh, sometimes I make still make bad choices. Of course. <laughs> I mean, all you know? the time. Yeah. But it's about, I think, just making good choices like more often because yeah. we're never going to be perfect. And that's something too. Like, so let's say you do screw up, like you do binge eat or you do buy the thing that you know that you don't need, but you just really, really wanted it. And it's like, okay, now what do we do from here? <laughs> Totally. <laughs> you know, and it's like, all right, she's got to get back up, brush yourself off. It's kind of like one of, you know, from Atomic Habits, James Clear says like, it's okay to make a mistake, but just don't try not to make like two in a row. Yeah. You know, so I think as long as you can get back on that track and start acting in line with that person that you want to be, right. then you can start like counteracting, you know, the mistake that you made. How which... is your relationship with perfection? Ooh, um, great not question. great because I think because of the OCD, I'm a very like all or nothing person. So I think when I do make a mistake, I kind of go like, fuck it. I'm all in now. Yeah. I've, you know, I've made like, I've made the mistake. Ugh, so I do I'm that just, too. It's I'm so not bad. gonna, I'm, you know, okay. So I, I'm, I'm just going to go all in and then I'll like start over next week. And that's something that I'm trying to get better at too. Like even when it comes to working out, you know, I say like, okay, I want to work out four times this week with that. I want them to be hour workouts with cardio and weights and everything. It's like, okay, well, I'm in three cities this week. <laughs> and, and then, so then I get to the sometimes where I'm like, well, then I just won't work at it all this week because I can't work out perfect. Like, and it's like, no, just doing like 15 minutes is going to make you feel better. Just doing like, you know, it doesn't need to be perfect. And so that's actually been like my, my new slogan this last couple of weeks, just because I've had a crazy travel schedule is like, something's better than nothing. (laughs) I really, I love that. Something is better than nothing. So, um, and which is actually funny you say that because I think that James Clear literally put on Instagram today, a quote about that, where he said, it's not, that hard on any given day, but the trick is you can't skip days. Your workouts can be reasonable and still deliver results if you don't skip days. Your writing sessions can be short and the work will still accumulate if you don't skip days. As long as you're working, you'll get there. Which right. I think is like for, you know, whereas like before I was like, no, it has to be perfect. Yeah. I have to do this, 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 or I'm just not going to do it at all. Okay. So I have a question then. Mm-hmm. So how did you go from like working in like the corporate world, mm-hmm. like with, uh, with the structure mm-hmm. to then being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. when you have this like mentality, of, like it has to be perfect and like all that. Yeah, I, I'd I mean, imagine that shift to be a little. Yeah. Harder. I think it's just honestly like a daily I hate to use the word battle, but right now it's kind of a little bit of a battle of me just like having to constantly be monitoring myself and putting in these like 
you know, I, I have to make it like a, a schedule for myself. Like before I go to bed, my therapist said, and so I keep saying it's like a great day starts the night before. If I wake up and I haven't made a plan the night before, generally I immediately get like very overwhelmed. But if I, the night before I've like put in some structure for myself, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm good. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to work out. I'm going to get my coffee. I'm going to, you know, check my email. Then I'm going to, you know, do a couple Zoom calls, throw in some laundry, do a couple more Zoom calls, pack for my next trip. Having that structure, I think it, you have to like to your, have enough discipline to put that structure in place for yourself because no one else is doing it for you anymore. Yeah. So you don't have to be in the office at a certain amount of time, even like waking up and like putting on makeup and like putting on real clothes and like doing yeah. these things that like I don't necessarily have to do, but at least makes me like feel like that person that I want to be. It's you so know? The true. discipline is real. I mean, even now it's like being a mom, I could easily wear like sweatpants all day, every day. Yeah. And then I start feeling down on myself and whatever, but mm -hmm. it's just like you get into like routines and it is important to like dress up or look the part that you want to actually yeah. attract that You day. feel different. Yeah. You there really is a psychology behind there, it. Yeah. There's, There's like a test psychology on it. Yeah. So I have a question though for you too. Mm -hmm. Confidence. You seem like yeah. you're a very confident person. Mm -hmm. you, you've been on like, you know, radio shows since you were in college and mm -hmm. you've been on TV and all of these things. Where does that come from? And like, how do you keep fostering it? It's a great question. You know, I think ever since I was little, like I've always loved to like make people laugh and like have everybody all eyes on me and for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that I've definitely gotten more comfortable. Like I've always been really comfortable like with a cell phone because I feel like everybody's comfortable, you know, putting their phone in selfie mode and just like talking to their phone. Not everybody, but more so than a real camera, right? right. So honestly, the transition to like a real camera was... I remember my mind used to go blank when I looked at like a real camera. I would be like, oh my God, what, who, who, how many people are watching or what if I mess up or or that kind of thing. And it's only through doing it more that I got better and less nervous. I think it's funny when I used to play like golf, like high level golf, I, and I'd get really nervous, like my body, I'd get like my chest would get super tight and I would swing really fast. And it's funny when I get nervous on camera now, my chest gets really tight and I talk really fast. Right. <laughs> so it's funny how it's like the same tendencies are manifesting themselves now in just like a different arena, yeah. but the same bodily sensations. So I think for me, it was putting myself in those situations more and more and more. And I think with anything, right, you're not going to know how it feels until you do it. I think when it comes to TV, especially like live TV, what kind of sucks about live TV, it's like you're going to make mistakes when you start out doing anything. Mm -hmm. But it just so happens like live TV hopefully, you know, you want a lot of people to be watching, but at the same time, you're like, oh my God, I just said X, Y, Z. That was wrong. I hope not a lot of people are watching. So I think it's just all about just like putting yourself in these scary situations and going back to what we talked about before about how like a feeling is just a feeling, right? Like you can handle it and getting comfortable still succeeding, even when you have that like all that horrible yeah. feeling in your chest, but know that it's, that it's going to go away. Yeah. But I think a, a lot of like, deep breathing. And also like I talk to myself a lot in the mirror before I go and like make sure that I, I you know, get in a, in the same way that I'd want to make sure I'm grounded before having a difficult conversation, like make sure that I'm really grounded before I go on camera. And so that I can feel like good about where I'm speaking from, because also 
most of the time live television. Also, it's kind of like I, I did a lot of improv classes when I used to live in New York City. Mm. Like you don't really know what's coming. Like you got to be confident about whatever, you know, that person is saying. You, you need to be able to react to them and respond and like not say anything ridiculous. So right. making sure you're like in a really, really good state, a lot of deep breathing. I think in terms of like building confidence, I remember I had an issue like a couple weeks ago where I was in Europe and I was really nervous about this one particular thing, but I got through it. I got through it and I gained a lot of confidence from that. So I think it's just like putting yourself in those situations and realizing like, you're not going to die. Like, it's going to be okay. You're going to get through it. And what you guys said about like fully accepting, like even if you like fail, you're going to learn, you're going to learn something. You know, I think that's like going back to golf, like my biggest breakthrough ever was in college. I would get super, super nervous. And it was because I was so nervous that I could never like perform to my capabilities. Like I was so much better in practice than I was in competition because I was so nervous in competition. So I had to, like, I just had this like epiphany one day where I kind of just said like, fuck it, I'm just going to do my absolute best and fully accept like pre-acceptance of the outcome. And like, you know, if I hit a bad shot, it's not going to be because I was afraid of hitting a bad shot. Right. And when I kind of like realized like, okay. And so I at least try to have as much as I can now, the same attitude towards like whatever I do. Like if I mess up on camera or if I you know, make a mistake really anywhere, it's not going to be because I was afraid of making a mistake. So I can actually learn and I can actually get better. So I think it's just like a combination of putting yourselves in those uncomfortable situations and like constantly reminding yourself, like, and even if it's just like self-talk, like I can do this, I'm confident, whatever happens, like I can accept it. Cause I think that's where like I got into trouble is being like, I cannot accept mistakes. Cause if you cannot accept mistakes, then you're just in whatever situation you're in, just like white knuckling it and being so nervous because you know that you're going to beat yourself up after whatever happens. But if you tell yourself like, whatever happens, I accept it fully and I'm going to be okay with whatever the outcome is. So let me go out there and perform to whatever, you know, my best that I have this day is, then I can actually honestly look at what just happened and then get better. I love that because you're learning to accept failure. And so Mm -hmm. by learning to accept it, you are not making the quote unquote mistake of going out there and being too afraid to do something. That's on you. That's not like a failure to the outside, but it's more of like redefining the meaning of like what failure means. Because for me, failure is not trying my hardest. Right. Not that I missed the shot. Right, right, right. Because that, like, I tried my hardest. So I'm at peace with that. Right, exactly. And I think being able to be at peace with that is, like, the idea, and that was, like, so hard for me to accept playing golf, like, was, like, the idea of doing my best and it not being good enough was, like, crippling to me. Right, because you're, like, making meaning of it. Like, it's something about you. Yeah, so then, therefore, I, like, never allowed myself to do my best because I was so afraid of it not being good enough, but I never even knew if it was good enough because I never allowed myself to do my best, you know? So it was just, like, having to, like, look myself in the mirror and be like, no matter what happens, 
it's okay. It's yeah. gonna be okay. So like, let's just go out there and see what we're capable of. I feel like through like the through line that I'm hearing, even though you haven't said it explicitly, is like you. It does sound like you have this faith practice. Like even the like rejection is redirection. Like mm-hmm. cultivating that sense of like I'm not in control of everything, and it's okay that I'm not in control of everything. Like some things are out of my control. Right. For and sure. like allowing that to be for sure, which I think is so hard because as someone that is a perfectionist, and I think too going back to golf, like generally, like what's nice about golf is like, it's so objective, you know, like if you guys shoot a lower score than me, like there's no arguing like who won the event. Yeah. Like that's, it's, that's just what it is. But now it's going back to like the fog and never, not everything's black and white. Like yeah. you got like, you know, so-and-so might get hired because her dad, you know, is friends with the guy or maybe she has a, whatever, she she has to have a look that they're looking for, which I think is like probably pretty, like the whole town that we're in revolves around that, right? Like it's art, art and entertainment are subjective. But I think with that, you have to kind of like come to peace with like, you have to just, you know, go like do your best. And that's 100%. all you can do. Like, I think I saw this on Pinterest one time. It was a quote that was like, you can be the sweetest peach in the box. But some people just won't like peaches, <laughs> you <Right>. know, <laughs> like you, all that's you can do so is true. like your best and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. You are doing so well with the quotes, by the way. <laughs> yeah. like, so many well, amazing well, well, quotes. I was actually, here. I wanted to say one last thing before I know we have to wrap up, but I th- one last thing is that there is a book I feel like you've probably read it, The Inner Game of Tennis. No, but I will read it. Well, it is literally about, it is like the basis is tennis. I'm forgetting the author's name, but he's like a speaker now. He's, he, and I was just recommended it. I'm reading it now. And the whole thing starts with like, they found that most people do better in practice than they do Mm. like whatever. And the whole thing is acting your way into something. Interesting. And how like, if you say to someone, go be Serena Williams, they'll go out and play amazing. But if you tell them to like think of a million different things that they have to be doing on the court, they won't perform as well. Mm. And one of the quotes from that book that I love is people, it's not that people don't know what to do. They don't do what they know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And because it's like you choke up and it's like such an emotional thing. Right. But I feel like you enjoy that I mean, well, like Chris Hovsepi and I, we were talking last night about like, we we had dinner last night, funnily, just great timing. But we were talking about the idea of like being around people that you really, really admire Mm -hmm. and how you kind of like, you really want them to like you. So you start acting a little different. And it's like, instead of just being, I mean, like I'll use an example, like there's some people like in my industry that I like really admire and I really want to work with. And for whatever reason, like it's just hasn't. And like, I can't like, I'm like to the point where I'm like, I need to just kind of like leave them alone, you know? But it's like someone like, like DJ Khaled, who okay. I've become like very good friends with, cool. but it, like in a million, I think because I went into that interaction when I interviewed him, like, I'm like, there's no way in a million years, like DJ Khaled's want to be friends with me. So I'm just going to like, let it rip and be like my crazy <laughs> wild self. And now the guy and I are like really good buddies. That's amazing. <laughs> but, it's, like, but it's funny because it's like, I think I would, if I, if I would have gone into that interaction, like, okay, I got to yes. be cool. I need to make DJ Khaled my friend. And then it's like, <laughs> And then I was just kind of like, what's up? Like, there's no chance I'm ever going to see this man ever again. And now we're like, what? now we're really good friends. That's so such think, a good lesson. You know, so I, I think it's like with anything, whether it's personal relationships, whether it's business opportunities, like 
you just got to be like the, be the most the, authentic, most authentic yeah. yourself and like the right opportunities and the right people Welcome. are going to like, it's so true. It's like you. faith and surrender. And just like, it's like, I think everyone's like the best version of you. It's like the best version of you is the most authentic version of you. Exactly. Exactly. Stripped away of the stories and the insecurities and all of that. Yes. So I know we have to get you out of here. Yes. So yes. final question. No. Yes. What's the point? Oh man. What is the <laughs> I point? Your animated face. You're like, <gasps> <laughs> what's the point? I mean, honestly, I think the point is just to go back and try to do, like we said at the beginning, like do as many of the things that you can that fuel you and fulfill you. Because even on paper, if it looks like you're successful, if you're not happy, who cares? Like, it doesn't matter. Why are you living your life just to make it look like you're yeah. happy and look like you're successful, you know? So I think it just goes back to, like, living your life on your own terms and making sure that you are genuinely happy and not just making it look like it's you are. Beautiful. Thank you. Amazing. This conversation was amazing. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.